This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Good afternoon, Ryan Estes. Hey, good afternoon, Jordan. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Extremely excited to be speaking with you. Uh, first, I just want to shout out John Dwoskin for uh, putting us together. Uh, a friend, and I've appeared on his podcast many times before, and uh, you have a really interesting background. Uh, you're a perfect guest for the Business Jiu-Jitsu podcast, being a Jiu-Jitsu practitioner and uh, successful businessman, but also a unique guest because you live and work in the world of podcasting uh, as one of the co-founders of Kitcaster, and you've also been a longtime podcaster yourself with um, the Talk Launch podcast, which is a top 100 iTunes podcast. So very grateful and excited to have you on the podcast and rap about business and life and hear what you've been up to. And, uh, and most importantly, I'm really excited to hear about your company. Cool, man. I am really stoked to be here. This is the, uh, the, the first podcast I've recorded in our new podcast studio here. Actually, I want to I want to adjust the, the camera, see if I can get these LED lights. I really worked hard to put those in. Where are they? <laughs> Somewhere. <laughs> I know they're around here, but I want to go for a Price is Right feeling. Yeah. And since it's Blazer Friday, you know, I got the Blazer. Oh, man, looking good. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. And uh, yeah, when I found out about your podcast, I was like, whoa, business jujitsu podcast. This is this is made for me. I love this. I'm going to be the number one subscriber. So I'm excited <laughs> to be here, man. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And you're out in uh, Colorado. That's right. We're in Denver. Um, I'm from Denver. So, you know, we're kind of we got about eight inches of snow the other day. So it's all melting off. And where are you? I'm in uh, New York. Cool. I've been a New York City resident for the past 12 years. I've, I grew up in the New York metropolitan area on Long Island, and uh, I'm in my office right now on Long Island, which is uh, in Lynbrook. Mm -hmm. And this is the uh, corporate headquarters for my two companies, Mixology Clothing Company, which is a, a women's fashion retailer and e-commerce business. And then, uh, and then I also run a commercial real estate business with my father, and we have about 30 properties all over the country, including Colorado. We were just out there two weeks ago visiting one of our properties in uh, uh, Clifton, Colorado, which is a submarket of Grand Junction. Yeah, beautiful out there. I love Clifton. Yeah. We, uh, one day of business and six days of skiing. Is that a business trip or is that a, a ski trip? I, I say it's a business trip. Hey, yeah, my accounts in Colorado, they're going to call that a business trip too. So <laughs> it counts. I was yeah. So, uh, Tell, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where did you uh, start your career and, and how did you end up founding Kitcaster? You bet. So Kitcaster is a podcast booking agency. Um, we work almost exclusively with funded startup founders, um, successful entrepreneurs with exits and C-suite level executives. Um, we book them on Apple Podcast, uh, top 100 shows categorically. Um, we've been doing this for about two years. Um, prior to that, uh, Talk Launch, which is the name of my podcast, but also the name of my media and marketing agency that um, has been around for about 10 years. Um, uh, serendipitously, uh, COVID killed the, my business Talk Launch. You know, I ran it with my wife and we were pretty heavily leveraged with food and beverage and hospitality. So when everything, kinda, when everything shut down, we were the first people to go. I was really happy that that Kitcaster was right there um, waiting, and we've seen exponential growth. 
um, in podcasting, I think largely because this became a, a critical way for people to connect, you know, with uh, meaningful conversation and also allow, you know, our clients, you know, business leaders to, to lead from the front with, with podcasting. Um, so, you know, I started my podcast journey. I've been podcasting maybe 10 years, I suppose. I had a, a long commute to work and discovered podcasting through this great podcast called Field of Weeds. So there was a uh, this expat uh, Korean Zen monk that wrote this uh, series of essays about his experience coming back from the monastery and living in L.A. and working construction that I absolutely love. He's like, Hey, I did a podcast and I, I kind of heard about it. So I was like, all right, how does this work? You know, and downloaded it into my, my iPad or iPod at the time. It was like, yeah. Oh, it's so cool. And, and, uh, just fell in love with it. You know, about that time too, 10 years ago, I had two small children and, um, I was kind of a, a recording musician at the time, but found that, you know, with two small babies, you know, music really wasn't the fulcrum of commerce. So I had to, I had to put music aside and kind of fell into like a little, I don't know what you call it depression or just kind of had the blues, you know, I was like, I just, I, I wasn't feeling great. Um, so I started listening to these, these podcasts and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. And so I called all my bandmates and my buddies and just started a ridiculous podcast and realized that like, I had missed the music because I kind of changed my career, but what I really missed was just, you know, the camaraderie of my buddies and, and, and you know, talking shit. I, I just love that aspect of it so much. So podcasting gave me this excuse to bring people together um, and, and, and just talk in front of microphones, which kind of makes it, amplifies the experience and stuff. So yeah. from there, I, I kind of evolved into what became the Denver Business Podcast, which became the Talk Launch Podcast, which, you know, ended up recording 300 episodes with business founders. Um, loved that so much, you know, spun it into KitCaster. And now, believe it or not, there's 14 of us here in Denver that manage the pitch and pre-production scheduling of podcasts for hundreds of entrepreneurs. Congratulations. I mean... Talk about laying the foundation for something and you didn't even, you couldn't have been ready for COVID to hit, but uh, making that investment and kind of seeing where the ball was going, seeing where the puck was going, um, how topical. I mean, in my opinion, and, uh, and if you look at the download counts of all these podcasts and the view counts, we're at the very, I think we're in the infancy of, of the podcast that, uh, industry, I guess you're going to call it, it's going to be its own industry. And even though there's hundreds of thousands or more podcasts, the, the medium is so powerful for a long form conversation and sharing ideas. And what I found the most use out of it for is networking. It's just a great way for people to get introduced to you. And, um, and you can just get so granular on the niche. You know, business jujitsu. <laughs> I know. You talk People who love business and love jujitsu. <laughs> Do you train with John Donaher? I have. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not one of his direct students. Uh, my sensei is one of his students. My sensei is a Donahar and Henzo black belt. His name is Nardu Debra. And we're a Henzo Gracie affiliate about uh, 30 minutes outside of New York City. Mm -hmm. And I, I live not far from the headquarters, but I've 
reverse commute out to Long Island my whole career. And so my dojo is only half a mile away from my office. And, uh, and a few times a year, I, I'm able to go in and I've been able to train with John in some seminars and a few classes here and there. Um, I tried to make it a birthday tradition. I did it on June 7th, 2019, and then COVID. Um, and then in February 2020, I was training with Henzo at his Brooklyn Academy and then COVID. So I never got to train with John and Henzo as much as I wanted to. But the, the level of instruction that I've gotten from my sensei over the past 11 and a half years is world class. Not that I am world class. I am, you know, a, a humble student of the game. I love jujitsu. It's been, you know, completely transformative in my life and in my business. But uh, the, the principles are really what have governed my life and would have transformed my life more than being a competitor. Um, so I, I just, I love jujitsu and it's, it's just, you know, I was training almost every day for the past five years before COVID. And it got to the point where I love my team and I even, and I traveled when I, whenever I would travel for work, you know, I'd, properties all over the country, I would always bring my gear, always bring my rash guard. I would just drop into academies all over the place and train. And I loved it, but I said I wasn't doing enough with my jujitsu to, to connect it to other parts of my life. And so this project, while it was for me to write my second book, it really, I also wanted to go talk to people like you who are in Denver and run successful businesses. And we share this thing, this passion for jujitsu. So how did you get started? Oh, man. Um, you know, it's interesting, too. I train at Easton here in Denver, and uh, Amal Easton is a uh, Henzo's student as well. So in a way, we're cousins. Yeah, that's true. So, um, man, I, I, I probably around the same time when I started podcasting, maybe nine or ten years ago, uh, wild. Um, I, you know, I love MMA. I love the USC. Um, love martial arts. You know, I'd done Aikido and I'd done um, boxing, you know, just kind of regular boxing, some Thai boxing. Um, but I was always kind of nervous, I think, because of my hands. And I, you know, I was like, well, I'm a guitar player. and I don't want to hurt my hands, um, which probably just an excuse until finally a buddy of mine. And I kind of worked up the, the bravery to go into our first class at Easton. And walk in the door and i remember uh, john boyle my coach at the time and first thing he did is you know kind of grab a collar choke squeeze it in and he's like now tap and i tap and he's like all right ready so that was it i was hooked in the same way you know um just just kept going and uh been training east and ever since it was cool at the time you know um people are familiar with with uh, denver the, the academy was on a little strip mall on south broadway and, you know, no showers, no locker rooms, just get in there on the mat and work it out. And then probably a year later, um, Elliot Marshall, who runs the Denver School, opened up, you know, the first uh, training center, which is where they do the Elevation Fight Team is based out of there. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it was so incredible, like, because it's it's gorgeous, you know, and it's really big and um, they've had wonderful success there. So um, I guess that's my jujitsu story, you know. Yeah. I'm purple belt now, I've got, I got three stripes, you know, so I, I'm ready to really, really, I've been waiting for COVID to end so I can kind of reinvigorate my, my training and, and go for that brown hard. 
Yeah. Um, I miss it. You know, I've gone a couple of times, but mostly my, my training is like, um, it's really slowed down. Maybe that's the story of everybody right now. Yeah. It's been a, a very challenging year. Uh, those first three months it, it basically ground to a, a halt. And then restarting that flywheel is one of the most difficult things that you can do. I threw 100% of myself into making sure my businesses were still here. Uh, that was not granted. Both of my businesses were um, severe candidates for you know, going out. There were months where we didn't know if there was going to be a business, truly. And, uh, and in the retail business, we were very fortunate to have invested in our digital infrastructure, our web business. And so even though the government forced us to shut down our stores, we actually never lost a day in business because we pivoted right to online and that sustained us and saved us. Uh, and you might be surprised to know that my closest 10 regional competitors, just take a guess. How many of them do you think had an e-commerce business going into COVID? Seven. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. That's most people say that. Um, my regional competitors, which are other family retail businesses with more than 10 stores, some 10, 30, um, not one of them had any kind of legitimate web business. Some of them don't even have websites. And so what were they doing when the, when the party stopped? Is it came a hot potato and they were forced to go home. We, we were lucky enough to have the you know, have, we were set up in a way that we actually were able to be in business, but I had to throw myself a hundred percent to making sure those businesses stuck around. And we did that. And by June we'd stabilized and, and now it's, you know, of course it's still touch and go in the retail business and especially in January and February, tough, tough, tough months. Yeah. Yeah. But, we're in the depth of winter right now. You yeah. know, February is a rough month in all industry really. Yeah. And jujitsu, um, you know, I went back to jujitsu around maybe, July, September, uh, I was training with a couple teammates on the side, but all the gyms here in New York were forced to close. Everything we were doing was technically illegal. Uh, wasn't a good feeling to, you know, quote unquote, break the law or break mandate, but uh, jujitsu is absolutely necessary for me. <laughs> and uh, like you, I'm a purple belt. I have, I have a fourth stripe on my purple belt and I was knocking on the door, brown belt, training incredibly hard every day. Yeah. And now I'm back to training full time and I'm nowhere near where I was when last February, you know, last February when I was uh, training with Henzo on that Sunday all day. And uh, so anyway, but we'll get back there. And I think, you know, the best thing about having a jujitsu mentality is we know like this is a this is a, a metaphorical tap. You know, you just have to tap and keep going and show up every day. Absolutely. You know, I. <laughs> in the beginning, the first three months where, you know, who knew when it was going to end and who knew what it was? I, I think we're real fortunate that we kind of have a handle on this thing and everything's opening back up, which is great. But yeah, it's like you first hear social distancing. It's like, oh man, I don't like the sound of that at all. <laughs> <laughs> I like the opposite. Like jujitsu is like literally the opposite of social distancing. You know? Yeah, very, very true. But I miss it. And I liked how you use a metaphor, you know, of, of hey, sometimes you got to tap, maybe you got to tap for six months, you know, and, and it's probably not all too unfamiliar with jujitsu players, too, because injury kind of comes along with the sport. And I've had, you know, maybe 10 months 
out <laughs> with injuries once, but definitely a couple months here and there. So, yeah, you know, it, there, there could be an upside, which is like, you know, all the little smaller injuries um, have had chance to heal. My shoulder feels amazing. You know, I didn't tap on sure. four years ago, and that's been a big problem for four years. But now it feels really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's uh, there's something to be said for a seasonal approach to life and business. And sometimes the the universe tells us that it's time to go into hibernation. It's time to rest. And there's also times where you need to put the pedal to the metal. Yeah. And so if you listen to the universe, uh, whatever your interpretation of the universe or religion or the oneness we are where there's an interconnectedness that if you listen to it and you follow it, uh, you can find success. One of my favorite books is The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Did, did you ever read that book? It's been many years, but that is a beautiful book. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometimes uh, when you're seeking your personal legend, uh, the whole universe conspires to help you. That's one of the messages of, of that book. But uh, I, I love that book. And you know, I wanted to ask you, are, do you follow jujitsu as well as compete? Like, are you uh, watching all the banter happen for tonight? There's a big fight on Gordon Ryan's fighting. Craig Jones is fighting on uh, who's number one. Oh, no, not as much as I have. What's the promotion? Uh, it's called who's number one. It's flow grapplings. Uh, it's their own uh, promotion. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So the reason why I brought it up as it relates to you is, um, I've been watching closely, especially Gordon Ryan, who's a friend of this podcast. And the guy is putting on a masterclass in marketing. You know, his, the average fan would call it shit talking. The, 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 the person from the outside looking in would say, this guy's out of his mind. But as a, as a purely businessman, I look at it and I'm like, wow, this guy's really pushing the sport forward. And his earned media, you know, the media he's not paying for, the, the likes, the tweets, the reshares, the comments, it's really impressive. And why I thought of you going into that, this, um, you know, this discussion was I have had the most unbelievable response to this podcast from the community. And I can't tell you how many thousands of messages I've gotten. I can't keep up with them on Instagram. Comments. It's podcasting for business people is an incredible way to get into your niche and share the message. And I was interested in hearing, you know, as you're working with all of these podcast guests and the, and the podcast themselves, like where do you see the opportunity for people to kind of insert themselves into this industry? Into podcasting. Yeah. Into podcasting Pod as a guest, as launching their own podcast, speaking to their audience, like what do you think the best opportunity is? Even for just for business people who want to be, who want to appear on podcasts, like where do you want the, where do you want people to plant their flag? Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm super bullish on podcasting, obviously, um, you know, being in it for so long, it was almost kind of, you know, I don't know, old hat, you know, <laughs> to see that like, there's still like, I, I think you're right. I think we're in its infancy. Um, when you look at podcasting and what's the appeal, I think that the, the versatility of it's the other thing you're doing when you're doing something else, your hands are free, you know, your eyes are free. Um, they say that video is a cool medium, you know, so, but audio is warm. 
Um, so because of that, it's, it, it still seems to be untapped. You know, the TV eclipsed radio and then nobody looked back. You know, you got your radio in your, in your car. But I think it does present some other opportunities as opposed to just traditionally what was like entertainment, music. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for business, particularly for business leaders, um, which is really where we specialize. So I was speaking to a client the other day and he had kind of a funny anecdote where you know, if you're in startup culture, which is kind of where we are, um, people that move very quickly, people that are unbelievably um, inspired and passionate about what they're doing, um, you know, earnestly trying to change the world uh, with their products, they never stop talking about it. So that's great for podcasting. However, it's terrible for your partner, your, your buddies or your friends or anybody who's in any proximity to you. So yeah. speaking to a it's like, hey, man, my wife will not even allow me to talk about business anymore once I get home. You know, I, I can't speak to my friends about it. They're bored to death. You know, he's like in yeah. privacy. It's, it's not a, a sexy business at all, but he's obsessed. You know, so he's like podcasting gives me this opportunity that people are really curious about what I'm doing and understanding the nuance and the technical differentiation that we have. And he's just absolutely in heaven. So on one side, podcasting is a, a cure for loneliness. You know, if you have a little niche and that niche is in business, chances are you're going to be able to talk about the things you love. I love business and I love podcasting and or I'm sorry, jujitsu. And here we are you know, <laughs> specifically for that. So Very on true. one side, you can have a lot of fun. It can be nurturing to your spirit um, to go and find and connect with people that are into what you're into. Um, one, you know, there's also opportunities for return from business, you know. Um, they say content is king. And of course, there's 70,000 uh, platforms and you got to have your TikToks and you got to have your Instagrams. You got to have content. Um, and if anybody's actually tried to do long form content, whether that's writing a, a, a book, that's ambitious, a blog post, man, that's really hard. Even a LinkedIn post it could could be brutal. You know, you sit, look at a, at a, <laughs> at a blank screen and um, and try and compose your your thoughts um, on paper, very difficult. Whereas, uh, you know, just talking with podcasts, particularly if you're, you know, niching into something that you already are very passionate about, it's a lot easier to express your ideas, repurpose that content, and then bring that into your business. So we'll help people find like a call to action, let's say something that they want people next steps, they want them to take, repurpose that content into sales and marketing collateral that can help them you know, advance people along their sales process. Um, so, you know, so so I think that's really important too. That that there's a direct return. Not only are you getting just kind of top of funnel interest from people that are listening to you and are like, "Man, Jordan's making a lot of sense. I want to find out how he's working with his e-commerce business. I'm gonna go check out some of his other stuff." You know, you get that, but you can also be intentional with where you want people to go. Um, so, you know, I, I think podcasting for for our clients and for opportunity you know i don't want to underplay just how much fun it is and like how important it is you know to connect with people especially now when some of us have been locked up for 10 or 11 months and you know kind of getting back out there you know yeah. you have a in marketing team and they're remote um you have a uh a fulfillment team and they're remote and everyone's kind of sequestered it's like as a ceo as a founder like really what is your role here at the company now you know 
you're not in person. You're just the guy on Slack that's kind of cracking the whip on everybody. <laughs> it's like give yeah. your teams, get out there, get out front and, and lead your, your organization. And I think podcast gives you a really soft landing to do that. It does. It's uh it's a really important medium. I love the, I love the medium. I like to be a consumer of podcasts. Uh, I really enjoyed, I surprised myself at how much I like um, hosting it. Uh, I never considered myself a content creator before I launched the business jujitsu Instagram account. I hadn't had Instagram uh, for since 2012 or 13. I just left and I just am not interested in social media in that way. Uh, for my businesses, I was, uh, but not for you know my personal posting. What I had for lunch, or I kind of uh, am a privacy advocate as well. I didn't want people knowing when I'm on, when or where I'm on vacation. But podcasting allows you to develop a thought, you know, and that allows you for people to get to know who you are and listen to the ideas that you have. And I guess you could appreciate it as a musician. It's it's lyrical, and you can build, you can jam. You know, you really, you can create music with people in a way that, um, that other mediums don't. And if, uh, and, and of course, podcasts can be frivolous and can be cheap, but I think that it can also be deeply intellectual and thoughtful and fun. And if Instagram and TikTok are all about that, like kerosene, 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 you know, that quick dopamine high. Uh, podcasting is like a coal fire, you know, it burns, you got to get into it. You need to commit time to it, whether you're on a road trip or in your car or while you're working out. So yeah, I, I, I love what you're doing and I like to see that there's, it's becoming a big enough of an industry where it can support businesses. That's really exciting to me. Um, it, it, it's similar to jujitsu in that sense. Jujitsu is a budding industry. The fact that there's all these guys out there now who can support themselves, whether have a gym or some kind of gear company, it's a, such a small industry. It's hard to it's hard to make it, but it's nice to see it in its infancy, and I hope that it continues to develop. I think podcasting shares with jujitsu uh, kind of the intimacy of the moment. So you know, if I know Jordan through jujitsu, it's like, I might not know his last name, but I know the dexterity of his hip flexibility real well. (laughs) (laughs) A weird thing about jujitsu friends, you know, where podcasting, it has the same kind of spirit of um, intimacy. You know, I think I left Instagram too and Facebook and all that because it's just like, there's an innate toxicity there. There is, it's, um, it's on full display and each each one of these platforms seems to have their own parasitic mental disorder involved in it. And yeah. I think a lot of that has to do um, with, with people wanting to dunk on other people, people um, feeling separate, people feeling adversarial, you know, and, mm-hmm. and try, um, you get the same thing in jujitsu, right? Your people are totally different. You, you get the same thing in podcasting, people are totally different. The difference is, is that there's a spirit of camaraderie or there's like at least an effort to meet in the middle with both practices. Like you need a good jujitsu training partner in order to get any better, you know, and they need you. In a conversation, you need somebody to, to at least allow you to finish your point before they can counter the point. So there is most definitely like just some polite, common courtesy and manners that go into it. So yeah. if you do find areas where like you disagree with this and that, or on social media, you might be just like be mean, 
in, in a conversation, it's really hard to be mean to each other because as humans, we're just, we're innately friendly, in my opinion, you know? Right. There's an effort to try and come together first, even when there's conflict. So you have an opportunity to resolve conflict in a way that might end in common grounds on some other terrain. So, you know, I, I think it's really important for that too. I mean, I, I'm almost just like overtly corny about podcasting because I think the wholesomeness of it also shouldn't be overlooked of like the, the intention and effort that goes into people innately just trying to come together and get somewhere, you know, with, with a conversation. And jujitsu is the same way, you know. Um, you got it. You get together, and it's 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 the motion of the uh, of the two people together that creates a great role. You know, it doesn't work if one guy just like plows the deck. Have you um, been experimenting at all, or um, playing with Clubhouse? Yeah, I played with Clubhouse a little bit. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I saw someone on uh, Twitter uh, make an interesting comparison. They said. The podcast is the album and Clubhouse is the live show. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was an interesting way to put it. And uh, there's I go with, I'm an album guy personally. You're so an album guy. Yeah. Those got too many people. It makes me feel weird and uncomfortable. I want to hear the record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite podcasts is um, The Portal with um, Eric Weinstein. Have you ever listened to The Portal? I believe so. I, I like the Weinstein brothers a lot sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's, he's been a prolific uh, clubhouse, you know, guy in, in, in the rooms over there and just a very, has a very interesting perspective on, you know, what's going on in the world. And um, well, my favorite thing with him at the moment is it seems like there's a Weinstein Sam Harris beef. Which yeah. I think big in the podcasting world. It's like, what's going to happen? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm happy you brought that up. That's actually where I was going with this line of thought. Which was, you know, around this, uh, this intellectual dark web that uh, Barry Weiss coined, you know, Barry Weiss, the former New York Times journalist, and she's been a many time guest on the Joe Rogan podcast. And so is Eric and Sam Harris and uh, Lex Friedman and, this this crew of people who their biggest platform is podcasting. You know, their biggest uh, method of communicating with their audience is through this this channel. And um, you wouldn't know it by picking up a newspaper or watching the news. And it's almost as if those legacy mediums are ignoring in some way. I mean, I know that they're aware of it. I don't know if they see it as a competitor or they see it as a, an obstacle or a threat, but being able to talk directly to your community without having to go through an intermediary is, is really, really interesting. And um, the people who are part of the so-called intellectual dark web, it's, it's been refreshing to hear them from both, you know, both sides, you know, right of center, left of center, but it seems to make sense in a world where you want to just hear things that are so far to the left and so far to the right. And you're like, wait a second, there's millions of other people who actually have an opinion that's similar to, to mine. And, oh, wait, we, act, we have a difference of opinion, but we can actually talk and agree on things. And it doesn't have to be so polarizing. And that to me is one of the most beautiful parts of podcasting. Oh man. I love those guys. 
Jordan Peterson too. He's just he's back finally after two years, and yeah. not only knows what terrible addictions he was battling and stuff, but he's back in podcasting. Um, yeah, those guys are really important, you know. And some people consider them highly controversial, which I really don't understand. Only because I think where they resonate with me and maybe with <clears throat> the size of their audiences is because they kind of look at the 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 poles of right and left like they're both nuts which is pretty spot on right you know, I think they kind of represent like a, a considerate center that's like okay i i'm trapped or with crazy people all around me um but but the the benefit is that those guys are unbelievably brilliant yeah you know you get kind of like the the, the muscle of their intellectualism you know i mean for academics it's like the golden era right now you know books it, particularly from intellectuals are just, you know, notoriously dense. It's, it's not something that you can like kind of wade through, especially if it's politics. It's like, Oh boy, I don't want to do that. I don't want to read Lord of the Rings or whatever. Um, <laughs> but, but a podcast, you're like, okay, 45 minutes. What are they going to talk about? It's this cool conversation. And maybe if they do disagree how they do and, and how they work things out. And, um, you know, particularly as a podcaster myself, listening to them as orators and like their virtuosity and speech, like Sam Harris is, is phenomenal. You know, the way he speaks, I like this, the way he turns phrases, the way he brings arguments back on each other is intentional about like, if he's going kind of off the rails, he acknowledges that it's really incredible to, to listen to. So, yeah, you know, I, I, <laughs> I've been really interested to see, you know, Sam Harris turns in his intellectual dark web card and, and there's like beef, you know, it just like adds like drama to it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, I was having this conversation with someone uh, that, that I that I help in their career. It's not, I wouldn't go as far as to say as coaching, but mentor. And we were talking about it as it related to Ben Shapiro. And I said, listen, this is, he's a brilliant guy. But just remember that these are provocateurs. They are making their living off of their platform and their podcast and their books. And so you have to take everything that they say with a slight grain of salt because this is how they're getting paid. By consuming their media, you are, you are paying for them. You know, you to, whether it's looking at the ads or, or their stream count or their sponsors. So it's- well, he's kind of an outlier though too. Like yeah. he's unlike all the rest of those guys because he's clumsy with his language too, yeah. and is kind of like flames people out intentionally. Right, yeah. probably more akin to your classic AM radio, classic Fox News type uh, blowhard type character. Yeah, you know? sure. I mean, he's a smart guy, but then you say something like, you know, rap is not music, and anybody listens to it, it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely, I, I completely agree. It was this we were specifically talking about. Well, he's my friend is and one of my teammates in jujitsu is uh, African American, and uh, Ben was was saying that you know white privilege doesn't exist, and not not that I want to get down that conversation in this rabbit hole, but as an African American person, he took offense to it, and I said, as an African American, I don't you can take offense, but as a business person, you should appreciate what he's doing. Look how many look how many comments <laughs> he's being a provocateur on purpose. And instead of being provoked, take a lesson for your own business to understand how to generate interest in yourself. Not to say that you need to be a provocateur, but 
uh, as you're beginning to kickstart your career, look at what other successful people are doing out there in order to get eyeballs on them, to get eyeballs on their site, to do things, what they're saying. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's again, just an interesting commentary on podcasting as a platform and the power of podcasting at all different levels. And through YouTube and Spotify, which are the two main channels that I've launched on here, it's it shocked me on some of these on some of these episodes. You know, some of the episodes don't get a whole heck of a lot of eyeballs and listens if if the person doesn't have if there's not interest in one of the people, even though those have been some of my best guests. And then someone like Gordon Ryan could have tens of thousands of listens on Spotify and I think up to like close to 5,000 on YouTube so far and growing. It's so powerful. Like it's so, so, so powerful. And I've been encouraging a lot more of my friends that I think would, you know, could benefit from this and to, to get involved. And, and I do, I think it's so early. I really do. One of the things I tell my company, uh, I have about 225 employees at Mixology uh, we actually opened a new store today, so we'll, that'll grow by about 25 people. And I say, do you think that video and podcasting and TikTok, is that getting bigger or is it getting smaller? Like, is it going away? And of course, the answer, it's not going anywhere. And so if you think you're late to the party, the party is just getting started. And there's yeah. so much opportunity to be a thought leader, in my opinion, at the local level. You know, you open up your phone and you go on Instagram or you go to check out a podcast. And it's like you're listening to a podcast from a guy who's in Australia. You got an Instagram beauty influencer in Germany. Now you're looking at a jujitsu guy in New Mexico. But what about the local communities? Like what about the places that you live? There's, I think, a big opportunity to talk to the people where you are. And so that's been a that's been a really big focus of our action plan for 2021 which is to take all these platforms and bring them local and make all of our physical retail stores community centers where we're talking directly to the people who live there and in the surrounding areas and, and use this, leverage the same power and the same platform, but it just doesn't only have to be a referral link from Amazon. You know, like we, we can have it too. No, I, I, you know, took a page out of your playbook, you know, the, the podcast I did for years, the Denver business podcast was, based solely on that, you know, and really was kind of a, uh, a feeder into my marketing agency. We did a million bucks plus in revenue directly tied to the podcast, you know? So for results, it's super effective. You know? As a business person, if you have questions, you know, getting answers to questions in business is expensive, but podcast yeah. gives an opportunity and opening, you know? Like you're mentioning too, what's interesting about podcasting is it, it follows the same course as if we're talking about listens and spins that uh, other artistic mediums do or other entertainment. You know, it's like if you look at bo books, it's only one percent. One percent of authors make ninety-nine percent of the money, and you could really shorten that down to Stephen King and uh, whoever. What's her name that wrote? J.K. Rowling, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it, the same as in music, you know, 1% of musicians make 99% of the money. 1% of movie stars make 99%. This is just kind of like how it is. And I think it's it, it taps into some kind of human nature thing. So the same thing will be true with podcasting. Where podcasting can be nimble, I suppose, is because there are smaller segments that are, um, you know, the riches are in the niches. You can, you can find and you can really make an impact there. So you're not playing necessarily with celebrity culture. 
um, you're playing more with like direct value. One comment too about what you were saying about people that kind of use platforms to make, you know, sedentary or comments or get people upset. The the one consideration though, if if you know some young person listen to that and it's like, okay, I need to start like, I need to ramp this up a bit and create some persona um, that's controversial to to get me where I want. I, I think the important thing too though is to look at the arc of time. And see if that actually does pay off. You know, it, you know, President Trump. I wasn't a fan of his policies or pretty much anything he did. But you do have to respect the game he had on social media. Like, wow, like he can move the entire world at his will. You know, you see where he is now, uh, and it, the, the picture has changed. You know, you see, you you zoom out another 10, 15 years, and that picture picture will evolve again. Um, there's a, kind of a Buddhist principle of right livelihood that I think is is wise to, to, to look at, which is like you, you should, um, if you're looking to make money as business people, we all are, that there is uh, an essential good um, and you should run towards that. And mm-hmm. <laughs> the temptation is to like kind of, well, maybe I can be the edgy guy that like is pushing the boundaries. It's like, be careful with that because... Um, time often shows that they, that's not very wise for your financial future, mm. in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's really beautifully said. And uh, you can you can learn from someone who you don't agree with, and sometimes then you know what not to do. Uh, but it's it's I think it's important to be aware of what's making all people successful or powerful or peaceful and take them for, for who they are and what they're worth, just like you're saying. And, and, uh, and then you create your own strategy. And, you know, Marcelo Garcia said this so beautifully one time, I think it was on the Tim Ferriss podcast or Tim Ferriss show. And, or it may have even been in uh, Josh Waitzkin's book, The Art of Learning. Marcelo Garcia put all of his training sessions up on his platform every day for years before this whole YouTube wave. This is going back probably almost eight or nine years now. And someone said to him, aren't you scared people are going to watch all of your daily training sessions and videos and they're going to be able to beat you? And, and Marcelo said, if someone goes out of their way to watch all of my tape and all of my video and they get so deep into my game, they're never going to be able to beat me at my game. The only way they're going to be able to beat me is if they come up with another game. And so I thought that was a beautiful way of saying it and similar to what you're, what you're trying to say. And, but uh, yeah, so I, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to bring up one other thing. I'm just going to share my screen for a second because your, um, your company's website has a really great blog, uh, mm-hmm. Kitcaster. You're putting out some, some great free information on there on equipment and let me see here. Well, this is podcast resources. Great podcast resources. This is a consolidated and concise. You're really putting a lot out there for people, for tools, uh, getting ready, the art and science. And I was looking for something like this a year ago, and I found it in a lot of different pieces. But um, when I was introduced to you through John, I, I found myself on your website. I said, man, this is great. And nice. even, even today, I got a couple tips off there. I did, I'm, I'm upgrading my camera system off some of your recommendations. I, I bought a new uh, piece of equipment that I was looking for. I needed it. 
Um, so I just wanted to give you a big uh, shout out and kudos on, on a beautiful website and, and some great resources there. So cool. Thank you so much. Yeah. You know, the, the podcast tools, the one that you're talking about is kind of a shopping list and we don't have any skin in the game, but we, you know, we put so many people on podcasts that it's like, you know, getting your mic straight now. I mean, this, this platform is awesome. StreamYard. So we got the video, which means you're going to need the lights, which means you're going to need the headphones. And we, we kind of run the gambit there. There's recommendations where if you want to break the bank and buy the best stuff on planet earth, you can do that. Um, but you most certainly don't need to. So there's there's stuff there if you want to, you know, links to like a $10 light from Ikea that I really like and uh, microphones and stuff. So I'm glad you found value out of that. man. I did. I found a lot of value out of it. And um, it's not behind any kind of paywall. It's not. It, it's a, You can tell it's honest and speaking to you and and, and reading through your site. Uh, you, you get a real feel for the kind of business that you're running. And um, I'm, I'm grateful for it. It was very, very refreshing um, uh, blog. That makes, me feel, that makes me feel great, man. I mean, yeah. um, I, you know, KitCaster is a podcast booking agency, which oddly enough exists. Um, I want to be the best in the world at this. And um, uh, to me, the way we get there, it's just by caring, you know, which again, sounds a little corny perhaps, but like, we really do care. And I really do care about podcasting, you know, our mission is to celebrate good conversation because that's the happiest moments of my life, whether that's in the, the basement of my buddy's house when we were teenagers sneaking a couple of hams from our dads or, you know, in the woods <laughs> with some some cigarettes we swipe from their their cousin or you know, it's like um, conversation is really important to me. Um, this business is really important to me and we really care about it. So um, hopefully that, that kind of emanates into everything we're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm really grateful for it. Ryan, absolute pleasure. Um, I put up the website. I'll put all the links to be able to find you in the comments and um, just really enjoy talking to you. And I hope that we can stay in touch. And I, if there's any way that I can be of service to you, please let me know. Likewise, brother. And next time you're in Denver, hit me up. We'll go roll. Absolutely. Cool. Have Thanks, a great man. day. See ya. You too. Thank you, Jordan.